We meet today in Isaiah chapter 41. God overrules individuals. God invites Israel to trust him. God overturns idols. That's the main theme here. But this chapter continues the thought of Isaiah chapter 40 in setting forth the greatness of God. The emphasis here is not upon God as creator so much as upon his dealings with men. The greatness of God is revealed in both creation and human history. And my friend, it's a good thought to keep at the back of your mind. God is great. His greatness is evident in creation and also in human history. Certain kingdoms that have boasted before God, God has even brought them down. Certain kingdoms that were looked down upon, God has raised them up. It is ultimately God who orders, who is the sole actor in the history of man. Someone has rightly said that the word history is a very interesting combination. It has uh, his at the beginning. And so history is his story. But whose story? God's story. History is his story. There are also some things in this chapter that are rather enigmatic. It seems that there is a bare profile of prophecy in the background. But the theme is that God will protect and lead his children through the world, which is fraught with pitfalls and danger and suffering. Therefore, comfort is here for the child of God. That's why I said it advances the same thought of the comfort of God upon his people, but by highlighting the greatness of God. So first of all, God overrules individuals. Keep silent before me, all islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Isaiah 41 verse 1. Now here, the showdown is coming between light and darkness, between God and mammon, between faith and unbelief. God is now calling upon individuals to tend to him and accept the salvation he has to offer. God is propitious like we emphasized in our last study. He is not demanding anything of you. He is simply asking you to accept the grace and the salvation that he has to offer. And in that invitation, he says, keep silence before me. And let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let them come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword, and as driven stubble to his bow. Isaiah 41 verse 2. Now here the Lord directs attention to himself as the true author of great historical events, you see. Every historical conqueror raised up by God is, despite his many faults, a faint shadow of the great ultimate victor, God's Messiah. And in him, Israel is triumphant and her kingdom enlarged. But who is the righteous man from the east that he talks about? 
Now the righteous man from the east is a strong expression here. There are those who feel that this is a veiled suggestion of Cyrus. Cyrus will be mentioned by name shortly, but this is not the place. So I believe that the word actually refers to a quality righteousness rather than to a person. It could be a reference to the rule of righteousness which Christ will establish at his return to this earth. We will find this thought developed in this section actually. But here God is directing attention to himself as the great author of historical events. He is the sole actor in the affairs of men. They helped everyone his neighbor and everyone said to his brother, be of good courage. Isaiah 41 verse 6. You see, since God is coming to right the wrongs and relief injustice, individuals who are upright, who are right with God, can be of good courage. There is hope for the little man who trusts God. He doesn't have to worry about the future, especially in the light that there will be judgment. Be of good courage if you are hiding in Christ. If you have placed your hope, your trust in him, because only in God are we safe. Now, not only does God invite individuals to come to him and be of good courage, to come to him and be secure and be comforted, but God also invites Israel to trust him, Israel as a nation. And again, this is why I keep on emphasizing, God is not through with Israel yet. There is a definite program of God with the nation of Israel outside the grand plan of salvation for the many nations. Here again, we even have a reference to idolatry because idolatry was also an issue with Israel at the time when Isaiah prophesied. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith, he who smooths, with the hammer inspired him who strikes the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. Then he fastened it with legs, that it might not torture. Isaiah 41 verse 7. You see, in an emergence, some people actually hammered themselves out a God. That is a temporary idol. But now God says, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. See, God is doing something interesting. He is saying, Israel, you are separate. You are my chosen. I called you. In fact, you are the descendants of my friend, Abraham. Isn't that interesting? God now tends to Israel to comfort them in their distress. He says, instead of hammering out an idol, why not turn to me? After all, he knows they are sinners. He still calls them Jacob. And Jacob was the crooked one, as you know. It is God who made him Israel, a prince with God. And God wants to do that for the sons of Jacob. Israel is called the servant of God by virtue of the Lord's sovereign grace and election, which goes back to Abraham, according to Genesis 15, verse 6, Genesis 26, verse 24. 
Abraham is called the friend of God, and God wants to bring these people into a right relationship with himself. And you can also see it is because of his everlasting covenant with Abraham that covenant stands. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Now this verse has been a real pillar of strength and source of comfort to God's children of every age. He is now making specific reference here and is saying to Israel, Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Not just upholding you, but with my right righteous hand. And that same message is a wonderful message to any child of God today. As he moves on, he says that if they oppose God, it will be the very height of folly because they are moving towards the day when all these adjustments will have to be made. Now note this remarkable verse, Isaiah 41 verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Here is God's gracious overture to trust him. What comfort! God wants us into his confidence. He wants to enable us to walk with him, have fellowship with him, and know him. My, what many kind is missing today. Some people can even get so involved in church work that they miss all of this. God is saying, I am your God. I will hold your right hand. Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 41 verse 14. Now you may think you are something, but even Israel there is regarded as worm. And that's who you are. You are a worm, my friend, a nobody. It is only God who can make any of us very important. But in and of ourselves, we are a worm. Only God can make a man somebody. Little men frets and struts across the stage of life, as Shakespeare puts it. He huffs and puffs like the old wolf around the little pig's house. Where is man going? What is he getting out of what he is doing? Some people see the futility of it all and take their own lives and commit suicide. Where else can they turn? The only place man can turn to is God. Oh, what man is missing? He is missing fellowship with God. He is missing God's salvation. He is missing his goodness, his grace. All of these, my friend, are yours if you but tend to God. Then he talks to them about the material blessings of the millennium. They will be there too. And God also would like to talk to you and me about the spiritual blessings which are available to us now and those which will be ours in eternity. Please note that getting to know God is a challenge. Among the greatest resources for meeting that challenge are the many names for God given to us in the Bible. For example, here Isaiah comforted Judah with the fact that the Lord 
was her redeemer. And that word is very important to take note of. The word, I am your redeemer. Names were very important to the Israelites. A name was not just a label, but it was a sense of identity. Naming was a studied and even a powerful art as shown by the fact that God called Adam to name all the species of all creation in Genesis 2 verse 18 to verse 20. So it was even a studied art. So God takes his own name very seriously. And when he ever makes a promise, his name seals and guarantees it. When he revealed himself to Moses, he called himself, I am who I am. This is my name forever. Exodus 3 verse 13 to 15. You see, later on, when Moses wanted to see God's glory, the Lord told him, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, but you cannot see my face. Exodus 33 verse 18 to verse 20. So names were very important, but his name being mentioned as Jehovah sealed the importance of his promise. And so when he said to Israel, I am your redeemer, that assurance is there and God will not let his name down by not fulfilling the promises that he made for Israel. So God has a program with Israel and he invites Israel to turn to him. So we have seen that God invites the individuals to turn to him. He invites Israel to turn to him. But God also overturns idols. That is a sure one. On one hand, this passage actually suggests an infallible criteria by which men can test the claims of religious impositors. On the other hand, it calls attention to an unanswerable argument for the truthfulness of God's word. Furthermore, this demonstrates the fact that God alone knows the future, declaring both the beginning and the end of his creation, confirming that scripture is his inspired revelation to many kind. Listen to this. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the king of Jacob. Isaiah 41 verse 21. This is a challenge to idolatry. Who is an idolater here? Have you ever considered the possibility that you may actually be the idolater? Anything you put between your soul and God is your idol. Regardless of what it is, it is anything to which you are giving your time and your energy. It could actually be your religion. Anything that you allow to take the place of a personal relationship with God is your idol. You may not like what I am saying, but this is what God's word says. It may be your spouse. It may be your children. It may be your work. It may be even your career. It can become an idol. What can idols do? Can they explain the origin of the universe? <laughs> not with idols. In fact, are you satisfied today with the explanations that evolution has given us? Of course, there have been several explanations, but God says, bring them out. They are idols. Let them bring forth 
and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things, what they were, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare to us things to come. Isaiah 41 verse 22. This is a real challenge to say if the idols can tell us these things, let them come forth, bring them out, let them come to court and we will see. My friend, man doesn't know his beginning or the origin of the universe. He simply doesn't know. I don't care what theory you are following. The evolutionist has even now been embarrassed because evolution has turned out to be just one of the many theories which have been left along the highway of time with other wreckage, my friend. There have been many explanations of the origin of the universe, which were called scientific at one time, but are exploded today. Evolution has exploded in time. Then man is turning to another theory. I don't know what you are turning to. Man doesn't know his origin, my friend. He is simply groping in the dark. Why not turn to God? You don't know your origin. Neither do you know your future. Man is a very ignorant creature. Have you even ever stopped to think how little we know? There are many people who even hold their PhD degrees, yet they know very little. Dr. McGee told of hearing of a man who was working on his PhD and he was studying the eye of the mosquito. What an unusual subject. One day it said as he was doing his research, it suddenly occurred to him that he did not want to spend the rest of his life looking at the eye of a mosquito. It must have been a monotonous task. Well, the story says that this man later came to the conclusion that he should do something else. So he finished his thesis, but later he found the Lord Jesus Christ as his savior. He graduated with his degree and he decided to dedicate his life to something worthwhile. That man became a minister of the gospel. Maybe his thesis simply hangs in the wreck of the theories of men, studying the eye of a mosquito. Now, it is quite interesting that man can be very well educated, even have his doctoral degree and still know very little. He knows nothing about his origin or where he is going, and no idol can give him that information. So idols can even be our lecturers, our professors in universities. In any case, some of the degrees that are conferred upon us, they are simply conferred upon us by men who do not know themselves. So what must be the alternative? It is well to go to school, but more important, it is important to turn to the one who does have the answers. God has the answers. This doesn't mean he will give all the answers, but it is nice to know that it is the one who knows the answers. Today, I have many things I don't know, but I know the one who knows everything. If there is something I need to know, God will tell me, and he knows what is best for me. Relating to my walk with him, the story of my salvation, my relationship with him, he has given me his word. And knowing his word will usher us into the wisdom of God. Indeed, you are nothing. And your work is nothing. 
He who chooses you is an abomination. Isaiah 41 verse 24. You see, man cannot explain his past and he does not know his future apart from God. Now that makes all of man's effort apart from God a very vain thing, an empty thing, nothing. If you are going to turn to Christ, if you are not going to turn to Christ, if you are not going to bring him into your life, you might as well take your life. You might as well die. I see no reason why you shouldn't do it. You can even go on the same path with those who say there is no meaning in life and they just die. Life is meaningful when it is in God. Indeed, they are all worthless. Their works are nothing. Their molded images are wind and confusion. Isaiah 41 verse 29. The last word there is confusion. Confusion is the end result of idolatry or any philosophy which is anti-God or atheistic. It does not have the answers to the problems of life. The man-made systems cannot satisfy the human heart. The answer is found in the one who brings good tidings of great joy, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We used to sing the song, without the way there is no going. Without the truth there is no knowing. Without the life there is no living. My friend, come to the way, the truth, and the life. And so you find answers to your philosophical questions. You will find answers to your origin and your future. And all of this you find answers to what you should be doing as you live today. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two. Six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven, followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa, it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five. 